Yo. Yo. Shots fired for fuck's sake. Shots fired for fuck's sake. You know that shots fired. Shots fired, yeah. You know that shots fired. Shots fired, yeah. Shots fired for fuck's sake. Shots fired for fuck's sake. You know that shots fired. Shots fired, yeah. You know that shots fired. Shots fired, yeah. I'm Michael Morgan and we are back. It's a new year, new look. The trio is without G though. But who we do have in the studio, well, our own studios, is the man Kairos Bodley. Hello. And the man, the myth, the legend, Chisanga Malata. I don't know about legend, but I'll take the rest of the introduction. How are you doing? You're man? a legend, man. You're you know legend. what? I'm feeling I'm feeling kind of like left out right here. Look at your beards. They <laughs> look so full and home, home, wholesome. You look like men. And there's me out here looking like a boy with kind of like bum fluff around my lip. <laughs> Damn. No. Nah, I think it's okay. Yeah, Kairos has got the beard uh, beard game down to to, to a T. I, I can tell he he uses natural berries and oils to... <laughs> to, to, to I do, my barber hooks me up. I have him give me this cream every single time. Okay, fair enough. And now I, I might start doing something with it because like the chin of my beard really is really profound, but like the, the chin straps are yeah. not as much, but we'll work, we'll work on that. Yeah, damn, well, good to see you gentlemen. <laughs> I trust uh, the, the, the short break has left you kind of like nicely Recharged and refreshed. You guys get up to anything over the festive period, Chizanga? Um, Just went home to my parents in in Cambridge, and then went to see my my wife's parents up in Aberdeen, in Get Out Country, basically. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> Get Out Country, cheese for real. I actually I actually made that joke in uh, in my speech at our wedding as well. I said the first time we went to Aberdeen, I thought I was in the next sequel of, of Get Out. But wow, um, <laughs> yeah. how did it that drop? It went that well. It went that well. But uh, no, uh, your festive period, yeah, just spent time with family, just relaxed, and that was about it. I mean, just grateful to spend time with the loved ones. And yourself, Kairos? Um, I've survived near-death experiences. I drove into a ditch, what? my car, yeah. Well, it's on Instagram, yeah. <laughs> you see, so this is the shortfall of not being on Instagram. I didn't see this. Talk me from the top, brother. Near-death experience. Yeah. I'm working, it's not near that, I'm being dramatic, but I'm working a shift and it starts pouring snow. I'm like, dang, because I work an hour away from home because I make, I make good money out there. So it's like, I'm going to make the drive, whatever. So I'm driving home from the shift and I'm going probably 10 miles an hour, 10 minutes left on my drive. So I completed the bulk of it. And for some strange reason, my car jolts to the left. And I'm on dirt roads and like, I'm taking this back road to make it back home. And my car just jolts to the left. I'm like, what is going on? I'm like, I'm not going to correct it. You just take the wheel. Then what? it jolts to the right. <laughs> I'm like, still not going to correct it. Still not going to correct it. It's going to be all right. Because I'm not going fast. I'm great. I watched all the Fast and Furious movies. I'm going to be all right. So, <laughs> obviously, I was wrong about that. Obviously. And I get thrown into a ditch. But it was like the most gentle, like, crash. It was like, boom. And I'm like, okay, I know the car ain't messed up. So I get out, snow's everywhere. It's up to like my shins. I'm like, 
I could push this car off a ditch. It ain't that bad. So I get in front of the car. I start pushing. I'm like, there's no way this car is going to fall on me. I'm going to die. And so I stop. And, I, <laughs> and I'm just showing the car. I'm like, what should I do? I'm like, I'm going to call somebody. And then lo and behold, someone who saw me already called the police. They didn't stop, whatever. And uh, the police show up. And that makes me nervous. I'm like, why you call the fucking police? Why don't you call Tojo? Why would you call the police? I'm freaking out. And so the first thing the police do is like, Show me your license and then I'm like, what the? I'm in a ditch, man. Like, I'm like, all right, you know, I'm not gonna freak out, whatever. And so he called a tow truck, my license and registration, all that. I'm like, what? What is? Why are you here anyway? And what? What is that accomplished? But fine. The tow guy comes and he's like, yeah, this ain't that bad. I could pull you out the ditch and there's no damage. You could probably drive it home. I'm like, okay, cool. He pulls it out. He's like, seventy five bucks. I paid him, and um, I drove home. You know, I got it reimbursed. It's fine, but. That just started the list of my problems. Then I had to replace all my tires because there was no tread on them, which is the reason why I lost control, which is like $500. So that was great. I dropped that cash. Then wow. the other day, my car didn't start after I was at the gas station. It activated anti-theft mode, which is like, I have the key in the car. Who's trying to steal my car with my key? This is the dumbest thing ever. If someone has your key and they're trying to steal your car, let them have it. Let them have it. Because what happens when I have my key and I'm trying to get in my car? You're going to tell me that I'm stealing my own car? So... The car doesn't start, shuts off on me. I'm sitting there in a freezing cold. Oh, crap. <laughs> in a freezing cold in Michigan. Okay, chilling. I'm like, oh, my goodness. So then I call this locksmith company. I'm like, hey, I'm locked out. There's an FB anti-theft uh, mode activated on my car. Can you send someone to turn it off? They're like, yes. I'm like, listen, I want to rephrase this again. It is not a key issue. I have both my keys. There is an anti-theft mode activated on my vehicle. This is an electronic issue. Not a physical issue. The person's like, yes, I understand. What do they do? Send an actual locksmith to the uh, car. And I find out because the locksmith person calls me on the way, even though they started coming and they told me they'd be there in 30 minutes. It took an hour. It took an hour. So the dude starts calling me an hour in. He's like, hey, I'm headed over there. I'm like, hey, I just wanted to make sure you guys able to facilitate an electronic uh, fault in the car. This is not an actual key missing car. And the guy's like, no. I thought that I'm like, what the? And so I'm, I'm like, okay, cancel, go back. Like, mind you, I'm, I, I'm usually a posed, composed person, you know. I let stuff go. But today was not the day. Today was not the day, Mike. So then this person drives back. And mind you, I, they got my card information, all that stuff before. In fact, I said, do not charge me until the service has been rendered. I checked into my account. They already charged me. So then immediately what? I go to the call Chase. I'm like, uh-uh. This is fraudulent um, business practices. Da, da, da. I did not authorize this payment. Blah, 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 blah. And Chase's like, that's fine. If it comes through, um, we'll just reimburse you, blah, 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 blah. I'm like, cool. Thank you. Boom. Done. So then I call back the call center who facilitated this. I'm like, why the fuck did you do this? Da, 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 da. I told you not to. Da. And they're like, okay, <laughs> let me put you in um, contact with uh, my superior. They put me on hold for about four minutes. Call, call, clicks off. I'm like, okay, good. Fuck y'all. Fuck this company. I'm going to leave a bad good though i got a tow truck dropped it off to a uh, garage they're gonna help me out but guess what i'm gonna leave the worst reviews ever ever for this time i'm gonna white people the fuck out of this one because y'all gonna pay y'all gonna pay <laughs> that's how I, my time's been let me get my water bottle i'm thirsty wow <laughs> well i did ask i did ask didn't i I mean, and that wasn't what I was expecting to hear. <laughs> well, first and foremost, we're glad that he's, he, he he actually survived the the the, the ordeal. But that is the look, main thing, yeah. Yeah, I, but I'd I'd be I'd be I'd be 
I'd be understandably pissed if I specifically asked for you to send an electronic locksmith, the person to come, and they just send a person coming with the keys. But yeah. Um, and charged it already. Oh yeah, oh of course. Yeah, forgot I even forgot about that. Yeah. Even forgot about that shit. Fucking yeah. I, oh, I, I suppose in the UK, if that would happen, you'd just have to do a chargeback, wouldn't you? Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah, I'm thinking I'm going to have to do that with, uh, well, not, not, I can't do that. So when I came back from, from Vegas for, for Poirier, um, Oliveira, my flight got canceled. My right. flight, yeah, my flight. Got, so I was meant to fly back on the, on the Sunday night, get back on Monday afternoon here. Mm. We were on the plane. Um, they're like, oh yeah, it's just a small, <coughs> with, uh, with, uh, with, uh, with a small valve and blah, 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 blah. We'll, uh, we'll get this sorted. And like maybe 30 minutes on and they're like, oh, well, now we need to get a new part. The part isn't working. And bearing in mind, this is a, a part that is for the um, the heater of the engine, because obviously, you know, when you're up however many thousands of feet, the engines freeze and what you call it, obviously you need mm -hmm. to keep it going. And then, uh, yeah, so two and a half hours on the <laughs> on the on the runway, it sat in there thinking we're going to go. And then they said, no, unfortunately, we can't get a part and we're going to have to uh, cancel oh. the flight. Yeah, you're gonna have to cancel your flight. So then they had to put us up in another hotel, and uh, just the whole service from BA was really, really shit. Like they didn't give any. I I specifically rang BA like almost like a similar situation to Kairos, and said, okay, once you get the the new details of the, of the flight, please text them to me and send them to my email. This is the specific email that I, that, it, that I'm using. Blah 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 blah. Didn't get a text message. And then the email went to junk. So I just, I luckily I just looked at my junk mail, just like cl closing stuff through in the morning, the morning of the flight. And then I saw, okay, right, I'm going to be in the airport in like three hours. But yeah, but I'm gonna get, I should be getting paid compensation wise. That's that's the thing. So that's all. Yeah, good. Yeah, good. I know this isn't the shit that happened to me Olympics, but yeah. <laughs> I don't know how I'm going to top that because the only thing I can bring to the table is that my kids got COVID, but they had COVID for two days and they were right as rain afterwards. But shit that happened to me, Olympics winner and gold medalist is uh, joint you, Chisanga and flipping Kairos. Damn. I think Kairos, I'll let you have number one spot on the podium for this one, bro. Speaking of uh, podiums and speaking of award ceremonies, I think in the uh, the time-honoured fashion, it's about that time of the year where we need to look back. We need to look back at 2021 and give out some awards for our categories. Now, these categories, as usual, they're not the run-of-the-mill categories. They're not your bog-standard categories. The shots. The shots is where we honour three categories this year and the third third category we're gonna uh count this down from three to one we're gonna start with chisanga the third category okay so people my my category this year um as, as you know i i love i love good twitter wars i love people going at one another and i love people <clears throat> some little cry, uh, cryptic messages at one another so my category this year is the shot fire of 2021. Now, obviously we have lots of fighters who, who trade verbal jabs and what have you. Well, 
lots of fighters are using air quotes because we know managers tweet on their behalves as well. But there's certain fighters who you can uh, you you can tell actually run their own Twitter accounts. So I have somebody in mind for who I think is the shot fire of the year. Um, but first, first of all, before I even award this prestigious award to uh, to said person, I want to get Michael and Kairos's uh, thoughts on this. So. Mr. Morgan, I'm going to go to you first. I'm going to hand the baton back to you. Who do you think fired the best shots in 2021? Undoubtedly, there for me can only be one clear winner. There is a man who was at everyone's neck. There is a man who weren't actually, he wasn't actually firing subliminal shots. He was spraying a goddamn Uzi. I'm talking about Jake Paul. He had everybody in this in his sights, mm. but not only that, he was doing the Lord's work with it, underpinning every single tweet, underpinning every single uh, bullet out of that, uh, that, 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 that mash that he was wielding was a single point. And that is, look, UFC fighters, I'm not your enemy here. I'm here to help you. Don't you want better pay? Don't you want better conditions? Come over to death row. Do you know what I mean? It was kind of like that kind of the flow that he had. The, 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 the cadence was acidic. But what really took it for me was not many people go up against Dana White and can batter him from pillar to post. Jake Paul did that. Jake Paul got a rise out of um, Dana White so much so that, you know, the speed at which, if I remember rightly, in the closing stanza of um, 2021, that Dana was pumping out videos in response to Jake Paul. It was, I've never seen the like of which uh, before. So in short, Jake Paul. Jake Paul is my nominee for Shot Fire of the Year. That's a very worthy nominee. And, uh, and one I would agree with if I didn't have somebody else in mind, but before I give uh, give out the prestigious award, I wish we had like you know those little fake Oscars that we could like present. <laughs> like I wish we had those. I'm gonna go and get Mr. Bodley's verdict on the uh, shot fire of 2021. Mr. Bodley, who yeah, you- can you guys see me? We can't see you, but we can hear you, sir. Okay, I was trying to find this tweet so I could quote it correctly. Hold on. So this this tweet, this is the tweet that stole John Jones's power. For years on Twitter, even when John was wrong, no one was ratioing him. No one was putting him in his place. No one could hold him to the cross to bear his sins. But Dan, the hangman. Okay, this is kind of getting a lot. I can't. I'm not gonna. I, let's rewind that. We ain't gonna go the hangman route. Like no. Dan Hooker told John exactly the type of person he was and embarrassed him on Twitter to the point where John did what he always does, was just delete tweets and then stop responding entirely. Usually he'll go back on another chance to go, oh, I'm always being attacked, but one day you guys are going to appreciate me. No, he just stopped tweeting. He was like, okay, you got me. So it started off with John Jones tweeting something along the lines against Israel Adesanya. You know the beef has been going for like two to three years. Dan Hooker, as you all know, is boys with Israel and training partners. And Dan Hooker tweeted something sly to the degree of, John, when are you going to fight again? It's something like that. And then John lost him, basically said, 
you have never achieved greatness. You will forever be an Israel shadow. So you have no choice but to be his cheerleader, essentially. And this is what Dan Hooker said, Matt. I was triggered by your disingenuous attempt to bring attention to Chael's situation. Oh, I forgot that you were talking about Chael Sonnen as well. He mentioned Chael saying that I'm not going to um, laugh and applaud at Chael's, uh, what do you call it, misfortune because I'm a better person than that. And then people are like, you kind of are doing that and you're not a better person. But anyway, Dan also commented on that and said he was arrested for defending his wife and you were arrested for assaulting yours. Apples and oranges emoji. Now, everybody lost their minds when he said this. Everybody was like, oh, John Jessica. Like, this was on so many different MMA IG pages. This made it to MMA TikTok, if you will. If it makes it to MMA TikTok, you know it was big news because people aren't that creative. People aren't that in the know-it-all on MMA TikTok. So if it makes it there, you know it made ripples. So the fact that people who don't even cover this sport were showing tweets about this, Let's you know how big of a deal this was. Dan Hooker didn't fire a shot. He launched a tactical nuke. Okay, I don't want to go down where I'm going to. But I'll just leave it at that. He launched a tactical nuke. I won't go. I won't say anything else. No, I I, I, I agree with you. That's a, very, that's a very good nominee. And I could just imagine hearing Dan in his very calm New Zealand voice say it that way. So that's why I think it resonated a bit more with people. So, yeah, it's, yeah I, I mean... <laughs> As you said, John Jones has never been ratioed on Twitter. Not, not to my knowledge, I've never seen him ratioed that way. And uh, when I woke up it and I saw bad. that, yeah, when I woke up and I saw that, and I was just like, oh, okay, oh snap! <laughs> it but was yeah. like twenty-five thousand. <laughs> it was like twenty-five thousand to like <clears throat> eight hundred. I was like, what? Don't. <laughs> yep. Yep. And I, I, as, as you can say, it was a it was it was a tactical nuke, and it was uh, very succinct and uh, straight to the point. And he, there, there was no profanity. What I always love, I always love, I love it when people fire their shots and they get their, their points across with no curse words whatsoever, with no profanity. It has it has that much more of a stinging effect for me. But anyway, both gentlemen are worthy worthy nominees. But I think. The uh, the shotty as we probably should call it. Yeah, let's call them the shotties, Mike. That's that's probably a a, a decent name. I, I love how I made this executive decision. To, 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 well, you know. Here is the representation of the shotty. Okay, fair, there it is. There it this is. Is the actual award. So whoever wins this, I will be sending it out to you. So claim it, claim it, because we're about to find out who is the winner of the first shotty that we're giving away. I think it's uh, for me, and I'm going to give him his uh, his his full name for for full respect. <laughs> Independent Hiawani. Ariel Hawani, I believe, was uh, mm. the the best the best shot fire, the best revealer of uh, of trade practices and uh, and and trade trade uh, not trade practices. Uh, lifted the curtain of what was uh, going on behind the scenes and uh, not only fight negotiations, but in terms of how certain outlets operated and, and what have you. And he did it in a way in which only he, he can like, and especially, I don't know if you've been watching uh, the, the, the second iteration of the MMA hour where he has the hour at the end where he takes the fans questions and then he basically just runs roughshod on everybody, but he does it in such like a, such a jovial way and it's, there's no malice as well which is what what there's no maliciousness in in it which is mm. which is uh which is what i like so i'm Just gonna give it to uh, 
I'm going to give it to independent, independent Hiwani. Now I know a lot of people don't necessarily agree with that or don't necessarily agree with the way that he's, uh, he's going about things, but personally I love it and more, more power to him. He's got, he's got no overseers telling him how to, uh, how to act and, and uh, blocking his path in certain ways. So more power to him. And I look forward to more of it in 2022. 100%. I would say that's a very worthy recipient. Ariel, I mean, really and truly since he found his voice because he was untethered, has been unstoppable. Yeah, he, ha- he has been. And like long may it continue. And, I, and I'm really like, I don't know, I'd urge, well, I, I never really plug other, other people's stuff, but I'd urge people to, to listen and subscribe to his, uh, his, his Substack. I don't know if Same. you listen to subscribe to it, but he's doing these sometimes like 30, maybe 40 minute, uh, not rants, but he's just at like, he's uh, monologues pretty much just talking about everything, what, what, what's going on and good snippets in there. And yeah, very entertaining. So people, I'd urge you to listen to that. So just, just pause just a second there. I thought Substack was his written word. So he does audio on there as yeah, well. Yeah, you, you can do audio on it now and then like uh, ah. you can open up into uh, Apple Apple Podcasts as well or whatever other podcasting service you use. So it's yeah, it's very good. Wow. Okay. Well, Ariel, this one's for you, buddy. Okay, so counting down from three, we are now, <clears throat> excuse me, we are now at category two. Kairos, take away category two for us. How appropriate, because I am the shit. So it, it, it's important that I should be number two. Anyway. I concur. I concur. <clears throat> Let's talk about fighters who are unranked and underappreciated. There are so many fighters on the roster who we could put into this category, but I think the three best ones. No, I got the three best ones for you. I don't think I know these are the three best ones. These fighters have either been fighting for an incredibly long duration and made it to the rankings and fell out. Maybe they've been here for a short amount of time, been blazing through the competition and maybe had a single stumble that forced them out the rankings, or maybe it's a blend of the two extremes. However, they all deserve it. Starting off, we have Bobby Green. He's a 10-year veteran in the sport. <clears throat> 10, if, if not more, has fought all the lightweights, fought so many different calibers of opponents, and might not have came out on the winning side of a lot of them. But can we really act like Bobby Green has 16 lightweights on the planet that are better than him? I don't think so. Especially at this era of the lightweight division right now. We have so many competitors who are aging out, getting ready to retire, going on crazy losing streaks, and argue there are people who think that he won his last fight. I don't, I don't know about that. I don't know about I'm not gonna say that, but I do think it was a lot more competitive than people give him credit for. He's my first candidate. The second candidate that I have for you is Maria Agapova. Can we not act like okay? I don't think that there are five flyweights on the planet better than her and she's only 25 years of age she's gone through some serious issues with her mental health and she's overcome them came back and, be- and finished sabina mazo yep. who has never been finished who is a phenomenal fighter who also should be ranked but is not on this list unfortunately sorry but whatever the fact of the matter is <clears throat> will be competing for a world title in the next two to three years and i i stamped that i put my name on it. she's going to be competing for a title because they aren't they're the them women in that division are not that much better than her as it is, and she's already young. And I don't care what y'all say about the Shauna Dobson fight. That was a fluke. I know that there are flukes in MMA, but that is the definition of a fluke. I'm not going to hear anything of it. I don't care. 
And the last nominee that I have for this is Mr. Lerone Murphy. The strength of schedule alone in his, in his featherweight tenure should have him ranked right now. There's no way that you can say that he is not at least in the top 15 for the featherweight division. There's no way. There's no way whatsoever. And then they hand him – I'm sorry. Okay, <clears throat> man. Just, just cough if you need a cough, bro. I'm good. I'm built different. They hand him, <laughs> they hand him an opponent who is tenacious and strong and great. At, but I don't think that was the opponent that they should have handed him. There are a lot of opponents in the top 15 or 12 that he should have been given. And either this is a layup for him or they continue to underestimate his ability because I think he's going to make this look easy as well. Because his last fight against Maquan Americani, Oh. Yes, Maquan had him in the had him in the first round, but he <laughs> that really went south really fast. It went it went as south as it could go fast. So, in my personal opinion, I'm going to tell you who I have winning after I hear you two first. And Mr. Morgan, I'd like to hear your nominee. Right, this is uh, <clears throat> excuse me, somewhat controversial in that this person isn't even. Hasn't even competed in the UFC oh, no. yet. Okay, I know where we're going with this. Oh, I'm going with Mohamed Mokayev. Oh. I really do feel that <clears throat> if your caliber is such that you are plowing a path outside of the UFC, so much so that you are on a pedestal and on par with some of the UFC's ranked opponents, they should actually fast track you straight in on your first fight to see levels. They should push you at the very least, the top of the top 15, at the very least. Yeah. Because let's just imagine, we're looking at somebody who's unbeaten here. Let's just imagine that this is somebody who has been laying waste to competition, not just in the amateur, circuit but in the pro circuit as well and they're not scrubs this isn't the usual um running the mill person who has padded their records to get here this is i think a once in a lifetime individual mm. now we've seen something similar in uh Manel cape but obviously it didn't pan out too well but the fact is of that caliber, of that pedigree, excuse me, when you are um, looking at somebody who is a shooting star and to a certain extent, somebody who um, everybody, a lot of people have their eyes on, I think a ranking should come with that. Now, I know it sounds wild, but this is Mohamed Mokayev. And I know I'm high on this guy, but trust me, he deserves to be ranked. Oh, I think I think so. I mean, they've uh, they're giving him a decent test in uh, in Cody Durden actually for 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 his debut. So it's it's by no <laughs> it's by no means like I'd say like a your traditional baptism of fire like thrown to the wolves or what have you. It's not like Chris Moutinho getting thrown in there with Sean O'Malley. But um, <laughs> I see Karis is laughing at that. But uh, but but yeah, no, it's it, it's a it's a. You, it, it, it's, it's a good matchup. And I, I actually like, I agree with your, your nomination, Mike. I agree with you, uh, of Mo, because like people don't realize this man has had, okay, so how many pro fights does he have now? Six, he's five and no. Yeah. 
then he's had nearly 30 fights. He's had yeah. nearly 30 <laughs> fights coming into the UFC. Man, that is unprecedented. Absolutely unprecedented. So, I mean... We, we've been we've been high on him for for a long time. He's been a guest on the show many times, obviously, and I just can't wait to see what he does on March nineteenth. I really can't wait. I'm I glad mean, he usually, called it shot, though. Yeah, but usually I, I I will be the first to say, look, I'm gassing up this guy, but facts are facts. You mm-hmm. cannot look at this um, mm-hmm. specimen of, of an individual. You cannot look at this athlete and tell me that he should not be ranked. So I'm glad you you concur. I'm glad you agree there. Somewhat controversial, I know, but facts are facts. He should be ranked. I'm try- I'm I don't think it's controversial at all. I, I really don't. I, I think that's a solid pick. I just wouldn't have picked him just because he doesn't have a fight yet. But, you know, but fair enough. Yeah, he is unranked yeah. and unappreciated. I think unranked and unappreciated. I've kind of got a toss-up between... Uh, I'm going to cheat here. I'm going to talk, just say two names who I think. I think uh, Jack Shore. Jack Shore. Uh, Wales oh, shit, Jack yeah. Shore. Uh, 15-0, and I believe, what is he? Is he 4-0 in the, in the UFC now? And yeah, it's, been, it's so far, it's been effortless for him. And, and like, I mean, absolutely effortless for him. And <clears throat> the, the way he's revered by so many, by so many uh, mixed martial arts analysts uh, across the world and, and what have you, it's, I, I mean... I know a lot of people uh, scoff at this, um, this this comparison, but there are, there are shades to George St. Pierre and the way that he mixes up the striking with his wrestling. Uh, George St. Pierre of old, I'd say, uh, not obviously GSP that uh, came back uh, 2017. Mm. But also, and I think people might be pissed at me for saying this, but I think unranked and unappreciated, I know he's only had, what, he's, he's only fought once in the UFC, but the performance was was so dominant that it showed that he's truly a talent. Umar Nurmagomedov, I think a, a lot of people are sleeping on him. A lot of people are sleeping on him, and I just loved that people going uh, go, go, going into his fight on, on on Fight Island. I can't remember for the life of me who before I I was literally case side. I can't remember, but it's fucking irritating me. Everybody just thought, oh, this guy's gonna wrestle. This guy's gonna wrestle. They like uneducated people just thought he's gonna wrestle. But the way he started throwing those question marking, I was literally well, I I, I knew his prowess as as a striker. I talked to um, to uh, AKA coach Javier Mendez about him for a very very long time. So I mm. he he told me years ago that look this this guy this guy's got it all, and on, on top of it, he can wrestle as well. But when he started throwing like those question mark kicks. It was kind of like Luke Rockhold in his prime. I was like, holy shit. So I kind of think he's unranked, unappreciated. Obviously he's had to, I think he's had to withdraw from one or at least one, one fight due, due to, due to illness. Um, so yeah, I, I think, you know, in fact, I'm going to go, go going to go with Jack Shore. I'm going to go with Wales mm. and Jack Shore in it. 15 and 0. I think, I think he's four and 0 in the UFC now or three and 0. I, I, I can't remember, but he's, I, I rate that pick. I yeah. rate that highly, very he's, highly. He's, it's, it's been a masterclass for him. And he was actually meant to fight. He's, he's just got a new opponent for March 9th. Is it March 19th? He's meant to be fighting. Cause he was meant to fight said Nurmagomedov. Yeah. No, he's going to fight Umar. I think he was meant to fight Umar. I thought it was either. I thought it was Saeed. Say, Saeed. Uh, let me check. Is it, I know he was initially matched up against said Nurmagomedov beforehand. Oh, you're right, Umar. You're right. Yeah. Then he was meant to fight Umar. So yeah. Uh, 
man, that that can you imagine that matchup? How fucking good that would have been. Mm. Uh, but yeah, Jack the Tank Shore for me, former Cage Warriors bantamweight champion. I mean, a lot of people I still think over um, Kyrus's way in <laughs> over in the Americas don't give their promotion uh, the yeah, that they deserves. So, but. They're gonna learn when they when 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 they see Jack Shore up against top quality opposition, they're gonna learn that Cage Warriors is is a legit promotion and that their fight their fighters are legit. And speaking of Cage Warriors Bantamweight champions, shout out to the man Dominique Wooding. Hopefully he gets the call up soon enough. How is that not happened? And we are what the 12th day of January. I don't How know. How is that possible? I, I don't I don't know. I don't know. But um Hopefully, hopefully, hopefully soon. But when I spoke to Dom just before Christmas, he said that he's staying ready just in case. And obviously, there's a Cage Warriors card the night before on the March 18th. Not that you'll be invited, Mr. Morgan, but uh... let, him <laughs> but... let him live. But uh... <laughs> but yeah, hope hopefully, hopefully, from a selfish standpoint, hopefully he's not on that card, and hopefully he's uh, on a UFC card in the new future. Oh, 100 percent. I can't like loud up that echo that considering I've, I think I've watched every single, no, I think there's only one fight that I, I missed of his. I jumped on the bandwagon early though, when he was in his uh, semi-pro days. Yeah. Man, I, yeah. Athlete. I, I, I remember he was competing in the UC MMA days. So it's, uh, he's, he's been around the block and as he, mm. as, and as he adequately says, he's, he's a young vet and <clears> I forget he's only 25. Yeah, like, I think very. I think he's like my age or older, like mm. a 30, 32, 33, But no, why he's gone these years? Very much so, very much so, very much so. But hopefully, we're rooting for you, Mister Wooding. Hopefully soon. All right, Mike, what you got for us? Okay, category number three. Um, I wouldn't necessarily. I've said I've uh, saved the best till last, but. You know that uh, the brand always making trouble underpins not just Woe TV, not just the Wocast, but also Shots Fired. And my category is Coon of the Year. Coon of the Year. Oh, my God. <coughs> Excuse me. <clears throat> now, for me, um, I've been watching this individual for quite a few years because it does seem to be a recurring theme that Coonism does actually crop up and it's on display, blatant display, year in, year out with this particular individual. But I just want to kind of like uh, set the scene. I'm not sure if you've seen this, but The Eternals was released um, towards the latter part of last year. Now, this individual tweeted, and it was something along the lines of, finally watching The Eternals. What happened to Harold and Kumar? Dude is all ripped. This was Daniel Cormier tweeting. No, this. no. It was no, Daniel no, Cormier no, tweeting no, no, about Kamal Numjani, who was playing uh, Indian Bollywood star, forward slash, superpowered immortal, Kingo. And he mistook his identity with American-born actor Cal Penn, who featured in the hit movie, Harold and Kumar. Now, that, that, that 
that was hard to swallow. That was raw. <clears throat> I tell you why, because that's typically what we tend to see from our white cousins who love to mistake us, love to misappropriate uh, names and faces. So I was disgusted, shocked, and you know dismayed to read my brother Daniel Cormier trotting that out. Now, again, just to set context, just to set the scene, this is against the backdrop of Mr. Supernigger, who actually runs to the aid, almost in the kind of like Stephen-like guise of someone straight out of Django, uh, caressing and cuddling Dana White, not literally, but figuratively, when it comes to points which he wants to echo, especially around fighter pay. This for me is kind of like an area where he could be championing people's needs, people's wants, people's desires to be paid and to be paid fairly. But no, he's all right, Jack. The house Negro has been uh, taken care of. Daniel Cormier is set for life. So that kind of defense, that kind of uh, support isn't going to actually pass his lips. So for me, the coon of the year, the ass kissing company man who's benefited greatly from the connections he's made within the UFC and his friendship with Dana White is for me, Daniel Cormier. Daniel Cormier is my nomination for coon of the year. I'm going to go to Chisanga. Chisanga, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. if I'm being a young last festival with a category, but secondly, with my nominee. Okay. Um... <laughs> <laughs> it's getting hot. It's getting hot in here. It's oh, yeah, it's getting, it's getting hot in here. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I'm, I'm glad you had fun with with with, with that topic, <laughs> Mike. <laughs> glad, glad you had fun with it. But um, I, I I personally just think anybody who who basically towed the company line out when it, when it came to UFC uh, fighter pay was uh, <laughs> was was said word that you used <laughs> said words that you used uh, but the one that that came came to mind for me was uh, was Kevin Holland do you remember that he was on it was an issue of fighter pay it was on the MMA hour and again he said oh yeah I, I, I see no no problem with fighter pay he said it from the me perspective yeah. that I've essentially I'm being taken care of for everything that I'm um, <laughs> Uh, for for everything that everything that's good for me, but can I, I just pause there just for a sec? See, in my head, this is playing out, and that's why I want you to 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 give me a true representation of what actually happened. He had the opportunity to say something around fighter pay in cage. He said that thing, and then when pressed on it, because it was such a um what is the word up he cut to the chase there was no flower there was no uh fluff it was just straight to the point when he had a chance to elaborate on that on i believe it being ariel hawani's uh show he rode that back and to all intents and purpose said i'm all right jack 
again, correct my memory. Did that actually happen? Vaguely, yeah. He, I, I think it was. He did say something in in. Uh, yeah, I think I think it was something something in the case, or maybe may, may, maybe we're wrong. But I do remember he vividly he was on the the uh, on the MMA era, and he he. Uh, what did he say? Uh, he said something along the lines of. Um, do your job and you'll be fine Ooh. or something like that. It was, it was wow. something do, do your job and you'll get paid or something. It was, it was something Ooh. along, along those lines. Cause but <clears throat> what, what frustrated me was as well as that, you know, the, okay. So the, the final sentence of the direct quote here was like, do your job and you will be, well, you'll be more than paid. That's what, that's, that's what he said. And I was just wow. like, come on, man. As <laughs> I think maybe he'll say this, if, if the question was put to him now, may, uh, now maybe when all those um, performance of the nights and uh, bonuses have, have, have run out, because obviously he had that that big twenty twenty where he fought mm. five times, and I think he got a couple finishes and a couple couple tax free bonuses and, and what have you, and maybe a couple dis- discretionary ones from the UFC. Maybe that's why he was saying it. But I think if memory serves me correctly, and I, I hate to talk about people's individual finances and, and, and what have you, because I just don't think it's don't think it's right. But I, I read somewhere that he was on he entered the UFC on a thirteen thousand dollar contract, so like thirteen thousand dollars to show, thirteen thousand dollars to win. So knowing knowing that you've been at the bottom of the totem, and knowing knowing the struggles, the financial struggles that your your comrades your your brothers in arms obviously brothers and sisters in arms obviously you, you take each other's heads off for a living or what have you fully f- fully knowing that and then just to, to yeah to to toe the company line it just felt yeah i i, I thought you, you use your voice use your use your voice you're a fighter that a lot of people are, are listening to because you had a big 2020 and you're you're outspoken and what I mean, you've got quite a big following and what you, what you can say can influence people and can, uh, whether subliminally or, 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 or other, or other ways. So yeah, I, I, I thought he, he, he well and truly fucking, he, he fumbled the bag. He dropped the ball there. It was, I was disappointed to hear it. Similarly, as I was disappointed with Sean O'Malley, who said something similar, like a couple of days ago, I don't know if you, if, if you saw it, he basically, says he he doesn't blame Dana White for um for fighter pay and that some of these fighters don't deserve to be to be paid. Wow. No, I didn't see that. Yeah, let me let me get let me get the the wow. quote. Uh, because yeah, when I read it, it was uh yeah, it was it was quite quite annoying again, but here we go here we are again like Sean O'Malley's comfortably living off his sponsors and and what have you and okay, so the direct quote he said it's like I don't even blame uh, Dana White, yeah, but, but he didn't actually say Dana White. It was an ellipsis. It's like some of these people have zero following. They're not making the UFC one hundred thousand. They're not making UFC fifty thousand. They're not making the UFC any money really. So, but that's just from a business perspective. Business perspective from Dana's business perspective, and I can see that. Again, so had Sean O'Malley said this last year. He like especially because he's got the bigger platform, the bigger reach. He can influence more people, yeah. influence the, the younger people who might be a bit more vo- more vocal and, and and come at Dana White online on Twitter or, or what have you, or slam U- UFC on online. It, it, had 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 it been Sean O'Malley saying this, or had Sean O'Malley said this on New Year like on New Year's Eve at eleven fifty nine, 
mm-hmm. it would be him instead of Kevin Holland. But unfortunately for Kevin Holland, you were the one that said it in 2021. So sadly, man, that's, uh, yeah. Take this out, son. Take this out. Kairos, he's your nominee. Both of them are fucking hypocrites because they both had their complaints until they got paid. Both, that's fucking, wow. Um, I have got to go with Bobby Green. He has had years, yes, years of him saying questionable things and people just brushing it under the rug. Maybe because maybe because we like his fighting style, or maybe because he's not as well known. That's why people let it slide. But he has had years of saying fuck shit all the time. Like I remember this once, the most recent, not the most recent, I'll get to the most recent one. One, op- one opportunity was he was watching, I forget who was fighting, but his family and training partners were there and I forget who, we, who they were, but he was like, yeah, those black guys over there tried to intimidate me in an interview. Like, why are you talking? And it was the way he said to me, like, those black guys. I was like, okay, oh, that felt weird. That felt wrong. That felt wrong. The way that you said black guys, it felt weird. I'm going to let that one slide, even though there was years before that where he said other stupid shit. Then in his post-fight interview, he was like, here's my father. Dad, dad, come over here. Here's my father. When he walked in, I was like, oh, uh-oh. What's about that? And I saw, saw he had a white dad. I'm like, okay. I'm not going to be a judgmental. I'm going to hear him out. Let's hear what he says. He's like, I know we got that whole Black Lives Matter going on. What do you mean Black Lives Matter going on? What do you, you mean basic human rights? You mean people advocating to be treated as a humane beast? Like, what do you, what do you mean by that? And then, and then right after you said that, with all the looting and violence out there, and I was like, so you, you have completely missed the point. You have completely missed the point and equated people who are fighting for basic civil rights to violence. But okay, let's go down that road for a second. You know when America, at least two legislative pieces of paperwork have gone through after the fact of violence, and every single other person who has been peaceful and nonviolent has been murdered. So shut the fuck up. You don't know history. Shut the fuck up, Bobby Green. And then before then, he was saying all this other stupid shit about black people. Like, I'm just like, I've had it with them. I've had it. So, like, he was like, oh, yeah, I'm getting ready to fight so-and-so. You know, I love that black on black crime. I remember when he said that shit in an interview, too. I was just like, okay, enough, Bobby. Bobby has been upset with Danny. I know we're upset with Danny. So he's in a higher position, too, so he deserves more scrutiny. But Bobby, just because he's not on the radar as prevalently as Daniel does not negate the fact that this man has coonish tendencies and has been acting on them for years and no one's called him out for it. No one, just because he dresses nice occasionally doesn't mean anything. He got this stupid ass haircut and the stupid ass tattoos on his head. The man's stupid. We should have known better. We should have known better. Granted, I understand that it's hard for a lot of black people who are adopted into white families to maintain their blackness and understanding of black social constructs and issues going on. But damn it, we, we can't be giving people passes all the time. We can't, we can't. You are 30 something years old, wake the fuck up. Ooh. Okay, <clears throat> well, I shall be delivering this to Daniel Cormier myself the next time that- <laughs> Send it to Bobby! Get a bottle for Bobby right now! Him. But so end of our award ceremony, just real quick, obviously we have a return to combat action this coming weekend. I personally am chomping at the bit to see all of that. Mm. I'm going to be watching from prelim to main event. There isn't a particular fight that I'm looking forward to apart from, is Michelle Pereira still on the, still on the card? I don't, uh, I don't. I had like a short so. notice fight against a gym teacher. 
Yes. That, that's, they got him that, a short notice fight. That was the last thing that I, I'd heard. Is that still happening? Well, I could be wrong. I thought it was, though. Because I saw that. I'm like, okay, so we still in the card. Yeah, so I, I'll watch that. I'll watch that. That's, and, and That's so fucked I, up. I, I, I'm <laughs> Why the fuck are they doing that? That's fucked up. Anyway, you guys, what, what are you looking forward to in particular? Kairos, what are you looking forward to? Oh, shit, you caught me on guard. Hold on. <laughs> <laughs> Right. No, well, I'm I'm just looking forward to the main event, and in particular how Calvin Cater bounces back from that one-sided beatdown from 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 Max Holloway, and I'm actually glad that he's taken a whole calendar year out, and I think it might be a year to like the day that you that you for or, or or close close to it. Maybe yeah, I can't I can't remember anyway. But it was around, it was around that time uh, this this time last year that he fought Max Holloway, and obviously took in a godly amount of punishment. I think. The most strikes absorbed in a single fight in UFC history. I right. Think, I think. I think. I, I think so. Yeah. So yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing seeing how he bounces back. And this is obviously this fight is a litmus test for uh, for Giga Kichadze. And oh, I actually managed to say it without botching it there. <laughs> Beforehand, I was butchering it. Um, yes, obviously Edson Barboza is is still a, a still a world class fighter as well. But I don't think he's the same Edson as. I don't think he's been the same Edson since he lost to Habib when, you know, when Habib like took him down at will and he had like that vacant look in his eye. Yeah. He's like, holy shit. What, what is this? But yeah, but, uh, but still, still a top fighter, but I don't think he like his, his best days are past him. Let, let's say that. Mm-hmm. So if he gets past Calvin, who everybody thought was was going to beat Max, remember the narrative, everyone was like, Oh, well, Calvin Cater's got amazing boxing. He's got better boxing than Max Holloway, blah, blah, blah. Uh, yeah, but if he, if he can get back Calvin, I mean, he's he's well and truly off to the races. I think he's ranked number eight now. He's like he's either yeah, he's eight. Yeah, I think he, I think he's eight. So if if you get if he gets that signature win, then I wouldn't be surprised if he's in the running to face the winner of uh, of Volkanovski and uh, Zombie. Okay, Kairos, what are you looking forward to before we wrap up? Uh, Brandon Roy Vall's return. Him popping his shoulder out kind of got me feeling a certain type of way. I feel like he was going to win that fight. Um, but he's going to snap back. I think he's going to find himself in title contention too, soon as well. The flyweight picture is getting interesting because although Brandon is the champion, I don't necessarily think he's the best fighter in the division, which means that belt could exchange hands depending on who beats him. So I'm excited to see that. Okay. Well, that wraps up this episode of Shots Fired. As usual, you can catch me at MikeQuoTV on Twitter. And fellas, how can people keep up with your daily shenanigans? You can find me at OnlyFans, Chisanga Mala. I'm joking. (laughs) (laughs) No, 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 no. Uh, No, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram, Chisanga underscore Malata. Don't search for me. Don't find me. I'm working on something right now. I don't need negative energy in my life. My life is good. Don't look for me. All right. Until we learn more, (laughs) look after yourselves. Peace. Oh, I found my glove. I found one of my winter gloves I've been missing for two weeks. That's nice. So, if you find them, the least expected.